That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Trigger warning. The following episode contains scenes of graphic violence, strong language, and suicide. Discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive into some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. Yeah, it's kind of like part two of Killer Santa's. You know, it's crazy. Um, we've got another Bruce today. Oh, another Bruce? Another Bruce. <laughs> oh my gosh, what's wrong with Bruce's? I don't know. I had an Uncle Bruce and he seemed pretty nice. crazy. No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm like, I don't understand. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about um, Bruce MacArthur today and um, Aziz Yazdan Panah. We got three killer Santas? Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bruce. Aziz just has a really long name. So Bruce oh, MacArthur. Wow. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And Aziz Yazdan Panah. I'm probably gotcha. mispronouncing it. I'm so, so sorry. Um, I do my best. We haven't been drinking yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Two that, Santas. It'll get better as we keep one drinking. One wine. Or worse. <laughs> yeah. Two Santas, one night, wine. So yeah, tell us about Jingle. Okay. So this is a really interesting one to me because I didn't know a lot about Okay, I'm not a Hallmark person. Uh, I know, like, we were joking, but, like, my mom watches a lot of Hallmark movies. My grandmother does, too. Um, so there's mm-hmm. a wine club. Hallmark has a wine club. Um, it's not a just, wine club? You know. um, so Jingle also has a partner, a white wine. I forget what the white wine is. I don't know about that. Um, but that's Joy. So you can order Jingle and Joy, watch your Hallmark movies, or listen to your Do they pair with podcast. a movie? No, they're not that sophisticated. Oh, just drink while you cool. watch all the Hallmark movies. Um, but they have a wine club and then they also have like um, Valentine's type, like, you know, it's Hallmark. Yeah. So blush, like wines and things like that. But um, yeah, you can actually get it directly from Hallmark. Of course, they, I saw this in my Food Network magazine this month. <laughs> yeah, I was did. laughing um, because, yeah, they advertise in all like the women's type magazines. So Hallmark has a wine club. You can get Jingle and Joy, a seasonal pack. Uh I believe that's 28 and I think we paid around 12 to 14 for our bottle because we just picked up Jingle. I'm not a big white wine drinker. No, yeah. Um, you've converted me to Reds because I didn't know what I was doing, period, before. Um, but this is a Cab Sav. Nice. And it pairs I, well with steak, I'm sure. Well, with red meat. Um, and, okay, so we're going to taste it and then I'll see if you can taste these things. I was a little bit more excited to try Jingle than the Ugly Sweater one because that was just like slap a label on a red wine. Yeah. Call it holiday. Exactly. I think because Hallmark has a wine club that they might have like tried a little harder. Okay. We're up like $3 in price point. So $3. And it wasn't a, a twist off. Like it's not it's, a twist top. So yeah, I have a little bit higher expectations for this. I like that it's called Houdini, the aerator. It's magical. It's very magical. <laughs> just, just I can't help it. All the terrible puns. <laughs> It's a ruby red in color. No, it says that on the label. I didn't make that up. <laughs> I think I was like, isn't it all red wine? Yeah. Um, red. <laughs> I like that we're still in our Christmas okay. jammies. I looked like a crazy person today. 
coming into work in my Christmas look jammies. like no I know are <laughs> like, wear these all the time <laughs> my FBI agent that I'm sure follows all my Google searches is like this woman is crazy oh my god that's what we're laughing about I'm like your search history must be bananas you got like red flags <laughs> like 12 FBI agents blacklist this lady from flying <laughs> <laughs> I hope not because I, I travel right? for work <laughs> like um we're coming to you <laughs> all right cheers. cheers let's try this jingle I think my expectations were too high. Oh, <laughs> really? Mine were too low. I actually, okay. I'm like happily surprised. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm not underwhelmed. I think this is okay. This is better than ugly sweater. Oh, that was rough. Yeah. That's probably why I didn't drink very so much. Bad. That one. Um, we'll finish this one. That's, it's not a, that's not a question. Um, okay. What do you taste? Uh, oh, that's sniff a good it first. Do your, oh, well, you know. open the bouquet. Or so whatever. I actually have to tell you something. Okay. My birthday was last month. Yes, we went. Wine. Yes, so I actually went to St. Augustine, Florida. Oh wow! I was like, this is gonna be a quick episode, and now I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, we can put a like timestamp when I stop talking about my personal life if you want to like skip over this. Fine, fast forward. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, but I want to hear. Yeah, we went to St. Augustine and we did um uh the winery tour because we wanted free alcohol. If you go to St. Augustine, they have like so many tours there. If you want to like party and like seriously though, because like as an adult, as a- it, as an adult, as a legal yeah, twenty one year old adult in the United. States. Um, but it was great. And um, Sue was our wine teacher there. We went to Sue's wine school. She called you it. You went to wine school? Not really, but Sue yes. runs a wine school like out it. of the, um, oh God, what was it called? St. Sebastian, I believe, winery down there. Oh, cool. Um, she was awesome. And she told us when she heard about this podcast, she told me so much about wine. Now, whether I can remember it or not. You're so educated now. I was so toasted at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but she um, was telling us, what were you just talking about with the the bouquet oh, oh, oh yeah smell it so she told us that like you have to take three sips of wine in order to truly taste it okay so we've already had our first sip oh and i've had just, three. Oh, okay oh. <laughs> but Probably yeah more go back and count I don't and know. then to open up the bouquet of course we've already done the aerator but we would also like swirl our glasses right and then like take another sip i've been taught how to swirl we just can't i'll show you this show is, me how to swirl the legit way mm-hmm. um Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. That's okay. Uh, so place it on the table what? and do it like this. Shut up. Um, it go okay. It's like hard on a little bitty table. Um, it actually gets a nice swirl to it, and you're not like like splashing, <laughs> sloshing it everywhere. Um, yeah. When I was in Napa, they were like, "Hey, this is like the most uh, simplistic, easy way to get a nice swirl going without making it a huge like ordeal." Wow. So, I know. That's cool. Apparently can, you can do it on a little table. Amazing. Okay, let me t- okay, do my third we'll... taste and see if I know what I'm talking about. Do you think? I think cherry. If you hit this on the... Ah, okay, keep going. <laughs> okay, hold on. I feel like it's it's like hints of cherry, chocolate, and maybe some blackberry. I might be wrong. Girl, yes. Yeah? I think your palate is on point. Okay. <laughs> so I'm getting better at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do, I do like this because it is kind of Christmassy so there is a little bit of spiciness to this mm-hmm. and uh, um my palate tasted the dark chocolate because I I knew it was like a little bit heavy I didn't taste the cherry until you said that really and so that's what's interesting I've read about wine is that like everyone tastes something a little bit different mm-hmm. um like kind of like you do food yeah. um so dark chocolate cherry and a hint of holiday spice Ooh. Yes. That's interesting because, like, now, like, after you said the spices, I was like, I feel like there's a little bit of, like, black pepper in it, like, after that aftertaste, mm, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, um, I was going to tell you something else about this, which I found very interesting. I don't know. I know on an earlier episode, I was explaining toasting a little bit in Yay. layman's terms um, for for the barrel roasting the barrel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is made of five percent new French, fifteen um, percent French, and eighty percent neutral. Doesn't tell me what like how toasted the barrel is, but because it's not like very bold, I don't think it was very toasted. But there are those hints of that dark chocolate, so it could be wrong. Um, but yeah, it's not like really heavy French oak. So it's mm. mo- probably mostly American oak and like what other random scraps they made this out of. But um, yeah, Fun. now you know. Yeah. I tell you like, so it was such a side note, but like with Sue, she told us so many like weird facts about wine that I just never had even thought of. Well, tell me. I like facts. Well, she asked us like if what we thought of the aluminum, like why it was there. Do you know why it was there? Why they like started doing I don't know that. Okay. So it's like super dated now. Like we don't even necessarily need it anymore. But back in the day, they used to keep wine in the cellars, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What else is in cellars? Rats. Rats. Yeah. Ew. So they'd be chewing through the cork. Matilda. Matilda. Get away from that. (laughs) (laughs) So they'd be chewing through the corks and everything. So they came up with this. Oh. Isn't that interesting? We don't necessarily. don't have rats in our cellar. No. In our studio. Yeah. So oh, interesting. interesting. And we also had, she, they sell like this little, this really cool bottle and the wine is like so good. I bought two when we were there. Um, but the bottle's like shaped really strange. It's like bigger at the base and there's like a little bit of a, well, all wine has like a little um, dent yeah, in the bottom. In the bottom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, she said it was like to collect sediment like back in the day because they couldn't filter everything out, you know, um, like they can now. So um, some wines still have sediment and that's why I definitely avoid the last pour. It's not for me. I don't want to chew my wine. What is it? Sediment. No, the, the you avoid what? Sorry. Oh, uh, the last pour. Uh, I'm like, oh, no, really? you take it. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I don't like to chew my wine. And then if you get like the gritties in there, no thanks, but not a fan, not a fan. No. It's just grapes. Yeah. It's not gross. It's not like backwash or something. No, but yeah. Like still it's like, yeah, a little chunky. Anyways, we'll get, we'll get okay. into the crimes now. We know. now. So, so, okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm happy with this wine. I am happy too. So far. Yeah. So if you need a holiday wine. Oh yeah. And you can join the Hallmark wine club. Apparently. Uh, if you don't want that much holiday wine, you can just order it through Hallmark or we actually found this locally. Yeah, we did. It's kind of funny. Toys R Us wine store. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get more into that in a future episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do want your wine suggestions. I want to try your favorite wines on a future episode and vice versa. I think that would be fun. Like um, ours? Yeah. Well, I have or multiples. Gonna, okay, yeah, I have multiples. So we might the- go off course sometime and, yeah, not do pair that. with the story. Just Danielle's fave. Yeah, to be My fun. fave. Yep. Yeah. Mine cool. might pair with a story. Oh, mine probably won't, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe. The first case I thought we discussed today would be 56-year-old Aziz. So in 2011, Aziz had been married to his wife, um, Fatima, for 24 years. Okay, that's long. A long time, yeah. He was actually um, born in Iran. I'm not sure where Fatima, like, you know, originated from or if she was born here in the United States because this did take place in a suburb of Dallas, Texas. Okay. Um, however, like, like, it was honestly hard to find stuff, unfortunately, on this case. But are they of the same cultural background? I be- yes, okay. I believe so. I believe they're both of Muslim faith as well. Okay. Just to give you that um, a sense. And just to kind of disclaim here, sometimes I find people like victim blame a little bit with these cases and they like blame everything solely on culture, culture when it comes to things sure. like this. But like if you go back to the episode that we just did, a very similar situation happened and it happened in California with a man named Bruce Pardo. So like... 
Got it. It's not something, you know, like I just feel like sometimes it's, it's kind of like when relationships spiral out of control. Yes, and it's like this. That's more terrible, of the, yeah, a hundred percent. I just hate when people blame religion on things like this. I'm always like, oh, you know, um, so Aziz and his wife have been together for 24 years and they had two children together. There was Nona who was 19, who actually wanted to go to California to study law and then their 14 year old oh. son, Ali. Yeah. Very like educated yeah. girl, you know? Um, according to one of Nona's friends, her father was very strict, but her mother was more understanding. I'm not sure what that meant, but. Oh, well, sometimes that's complimentary. Yeah. Like, you know, to have someone that's kind of like abide by these rules and someone else that's like the warmth. Yeah. A little bit so, of balance in the relationship for sure. Um, which made sense to me because every article that I read on the case, Aziz would not allow his wife to work. Um, so there's a little, little bit of like control. Kind yeah. Of I know there. we've talked about that before. It could be a little bit controlling or it could be a little bit cultural. It could mm-hmm. be a combo of both. Definitely. I mean, there's plenty of people that don't work because they choose not to. So yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and she did have a cosmetology license, so it's not like she, you know, was it's not like she was like locked away, not allowed for sure. Yeah. But I mean, he did like make it very clear. Sure, she wasn't. She shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in 1996, Aziz would plead guilty to falsifying his tax return. <laughs> I think we've heard that before. I know. Literally uh, in the last episode. Like, yes. Santa's pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. <laughs> what the heck? Um, he was fined $1,000 in order to pay $30,000 in reparations. Ah, that's crazy, that's right? Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously this brought like a lot of financial strain on the household, right? Yeah, that's stressful. Yeah. If he wasn't paying his taxes like... Maybe it was for a reason already, you know? Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, crazy. So the couple would end up filing actually for bankruptcy twice. And Fatima would soon leave her husband and move into an apartment on her own. Which is good for her. She had the support of her sister Zoray as well, like helping her move and everything. So luckily she did have family like that was there for yeah, her. Yeah, sometimes her kids. enough's enough. Yeah. Sure. But at the time that she left the family home, reportedly it had no water and um, no power. And she left him with no furniture, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do to start over. Definitely. For her. Yeah. Um, so this separation wasn't only for financial reasons reportedly, um, Aziz's brother-in-law and Zoray's like husband. So Muhammad, who, you know, like, okay. So like, family, yep. Family. Yeah. His brother-in-law, um, had told his wife, Zoray that they had been going to, well, not they, but, oh, not him, not him. <laughs> But Aziz had been going to these hotels when they would take trips together and hiring prostitutes. Ew. He left himself out of that. He was very much a part of that. He was just a bystander. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these extramarital affairs obviously weighed heavily and was another reason, you know, why she um, decided to leave the family. Affairs, and- finances, yeah. No electricity or running water. Like, girl, get out. Yeah. And so, of course, by Christmas of 2011, tensions are rising in the whole family, not just between him and his wife, right? Because we've got Muhammad. And there's two kids. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, the side, the yeah. extra family. Yep. Yeah. Zoray's sister, um, Fatima's sister, Zoray, and, and her family as well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, Fatima had reportedly told her apartment management that she actually feared her husband. Um, and according to a coworker, he was not taking the impending divorce well at all. Um, he was not invited to the family Christmas Eve party, which a lot of people would later say that that was like, would have been a big punch to his gut. Because his ego. Yeah. And he had already told, I think one of his relatives that he was going. 
Oh, so he was like going without an invite? Yeah. So I don't think I, I think he just assumed he was going to be invited. And then when they, they pulled the rug out from under him, we're like, no, you're not coming. He was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, so that's like reportedly one of like the motives for what, what happened happened, but I don't think things. Well, and if he's kind of like this rule follower, this strict, like, um, guy, Mm -hmm. then he's not going to take these things very well. No. So many believe this was like the final straw. So before 11 a.m. on Christmas morning, according to text messages seen, um, sent between Fatima's uh, niece, Sarah, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing these names. Um, I'm doing like my absolute best. Um, I try to watch some videos and, you know, yeah. learn learn my Good. best. But yeah, um, sometimes it's, you know, difficult. Um, but Sarah was 22. Um, her and a friend were texting and her parents, um, like Fatima's sister, Zora, Zora, and her husband, Muhammad, had arrived at Fatima's apartment to open presents before 11 a.m. that morning, Christmas morning. Okay, so they know this because of text. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she also texted her boyfriend that her uncle Aziz was already there in a Santa suit, which seemed weird to her. But he's, like, not invited to things. Exactly. So that seemed, like, really suspicious. It's unclear if he'd been invited to that or not. Right. Um, her first text to him said... So we're here. We just got here, and my uncle is here too, dressed as Santa. Awesome. No, not okay. Something's weird. Something's too off. Too inky. Yep. Yeah. At eleven fifteen, she texts him. Now he wants to be all fatherly and win Father of the Year. So that would be the last text that she would ever send. Oh. At eleven thirty four, a call would be made to nine one one. Police believe Aziz made that call, which is weird. From to whose me. phone? I I'm like it didn't sure. say it, it was, doesn't okay. say, but they believe it was him that made the call. Got it. Um, police would arrive just three minutes later to find everyone in the apartment dead. So Fatima, her children, Aziz, um, Muhammad, Zaray, Sarah, like everyone. everyone. Yeah. Um, all with one gunshot or gunshot wounds to the head, at least one. Oh, man. Um, including Aziz, who had that self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Mm hmm. Um, wrapping paper littered the floor covered in blood, like just oh. horrible. Um, a gun had actually been placed in Muhammad's hand. Investigators believing that Aziz's original plan was to flee the scene of the crime, making it look like his brother-in-law had committed this mass murder. He's How make himself did he... seem like a victim. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wait, he committed suicide. Well, he wasn't, they, they think he initially he wasn't going to commit suicide. So he brought multiple weapons to this? That's what I, yes. That's what I'm huh. kind of divulging from it. Yeah. It's honestly like, it's It's so, hard, probably, there's not that much. There's not that much yeah. on this case. It's really wild to me. Like, I feel like it wasn't reported on that much. So it doesn't. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. Yeah, so I don't no know why. to think about this. Yeah. I mean, but like, then you look at like Bruce Pardo and you're like, oh, that got a lot of attention. So I don't know. Yeah. No, this is just so sad. It's very sad. Um, so police assumed either he was going to like, he thought he was going to get away with this, but then when he was there, he like realized not, or he felt guilty, but like, we'll never know. Or he's just in too deep. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll never know why he did that. So just like horrible wiped out an entire family. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and for everyone to feel kind of like you said, like, why is he here? Yeah. Like he had planned it and this is just not a good thing. No. Yeah, it leaves you to wonder. It's like, how long was he So did they get this? divorced? Just going back they to like didn't. the original Santa case, like what happened like right around the time of divorce. We know yeah. that when you're leaving someone, going through a divorce, whatever, those are like very volatile situations. Yeah. Like you have to have a plan and there's resources like 
to help you through that. Yeah. But no, they weren't divorced. They yet. weren't divorced yet. She was like planning her divorce and she, mm-hmm. and you know, she was separated because yes. they were living in the apartment and she, she had living. told, this was a little bit like less than like the Bruce Pardo thing where it's like, okay, like with Bruce, I don't feel like there was anything more than emotional abuse until, but like with her saying, I'm afraid of my husband to her apartment management. Cause I'm sure she was yeah. telling them like, like don't let here, him in. Don't, yeah. Um, like that says a lot to me of like what the situation was, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that was a horrible case um, of Aziz. Now we're moving on to our second Bruce. Oh, man. What's up with Bruce's and Santa Claus? And taxes. And taxes. <laughs> okay, so Bruce MacArthur um, was a landscaper in the warmer months and a mall Santa in, like, the Christmas time months. Cause you, Christmas season. Yes, gotcha. during the Christmas season. Not all winter. Long. Not all winter <laughs> in Toronto. He's walking around as Santa. <laughs> Can you imagine that's your number one red flag. <laughs> Something like, wrong. dude, it's February. Like, <laughs> not okay. So, by all accounts, Bruce was carrying on a normal life. He had married his high school sweetheart and had two children with her. Okay, okay, normal, normal, I mean, ish. I know where this is not. I don't know where you this know, is going, but because it's, it's a true crime podcast, yeah. not normal. Yeah, probably not. I normal. do want to say, like, you're. Isn't it weird that like people? Okay, this is so weird, but like, I just think it is weird that people like volunteer to be santa claus there's weirder things i suppose but having children sit on your lap all the time i don't like to think about it all right it's super creepy you're right (laughs) anyways um okay anyways so um by the late 1990s his marriage was unraveling he would soon declare bankruptcy what is up with all these financial problems i called it you did taxes bankruptcy whatever financial issues yeah and he well, would, it's a spiral. To be honest, it is. Like, financial issues really put people into, like, a downward downward spiral. spiral if you're sure. filing bankruptcy, like, yeah. there's a lot of, sh- like, shit happening. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the stress of that. Like, yeah. I've got student and loans. so What I it just, causes like, your family, the stress. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for if sure. If you're the financial provider, because we've talked about the others um, that didn't work. Yeah. You know, so if they're filing bankruptcy, that means your family's, like, in financial trouble. Oh, yeah, for sure. So coming out as gay, actually, he would leave his wife and would be found usually in the Toronto's gay village. Oh, so this was like, like a, it's like a, it's like a community there. Yeah, there's you like know, the full LGBT. on gay Santa it's conventions. Awesome. Yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. So in 2001, he would be ordered by a judge to stay away though from the gay village after he assaulted a man with a pipe on Halloween. Oh, oh yeah. All so right. Bruce claimed he didn't even remember the assault. This guy has a lot of issues. And he didn't understand why he'd randomly done it after he invited the man up to his apartment to see his Halloween costume. (gasps) Oh, no. There's, like, plenty of crimes that we could cover where people are like, I don't remember. They just, like, flip the switch and become violent. Jeffrey Dahmer's first victim, like, that he, well, not his first one. I shouldn't say that. But, like, the second one after he killed that boy and, like, hit him on his property. Um he was in a hotel room, got blackout drunk, and then woke up the next day with a dead man beside him. Ooh. What's so creepy to me about that case is the next day, of course, he had to like figure out how to fit him into his suitcase to get him out of that <gasps> hotel room. And then when he came down, reportedly, when he came, this is like haunted me. So I remember this like, <sighs> reportedly, when he came down, this is, I'm so off notes. No, it's um, good. We, he came down the elevator, you know, went out to get a taxi. And the taxi reportedly, like when he picked up the luggage, he said, what do you got in here? <gasps> a dead body. Ah. I know. That's, that's really, what, what, what would he say? Was he like, he's probably like, ha yeah, sure. 
Like, uh, that's horrifying. That poor taxi driver is like haunted for life. Um, okay, you're going to be able to na- name this because, I mean, we're drinking and I can't think right now. Yeah. But um, what was female serial killer? Aline. Yep. I yeah. mean, <laughs> okay. um, Eileen also would have like blackout moments where she would just assault people. Um, so actually the FBI agent that arrested her, mm-hmm. um, he was undercover. He, you know, they knew they were looking for Eileen. He's at a bar with her. She beats him over like the back or the head or whatever with the, with a pool stick. And he's like, why did you do that? And she's like, I don't know. Uh, and the only reason he stuck around is because they're about to arrest her. But like, she's just like intermittently violent. And be like, I don't know what came over me. And yeah, isn't that nuts? So we were talking like off camera a little while ago about how um, we both believe that sometimes women get like lighter sentences than men and everything. Definitely. But don't you feel, I feel like Aline got like such a harsh fucking sentence because she was obviously insane. Yeah. But she's obviously insane. Like you watch it and I'm like, oh, I feel like that's unconstitutional. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I watch her videos. Because they wanted to make a point. Yeah. I'm like, that yeah. was, oh, it's dirty. It's, it's wrong with me. I'm like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Should she have stayed in jail the rest of her life? A hundred percent. Like for everyone's safety, but like, geez Louise. Yeah. They like, brought down the hammer on that Yeah. One. Cause it's unconstitutional to uh, apply the death penalty to someone that is not of sane mind. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yep. such a side note. Okay. So Bruce would plead guilty to these charges of assaulting a man with a pipe on Halloween. Right. Um, and the judge had this to say, it sounds to me like you're a pretty good person. And it sounds to me like you're not going to be back here anyways. What? So they just lets him off light sentence? What happened light to him? Light sentence. So, Did he get probation? So he encouraged him to continue his life in a positive way, which obviously he would not. Um, he had, I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure it was just like probation. Like he didn't really, he served like the jail time that he'd already had and everything. Like it wasn't like a big deal. If you assault someone with a pipe, it's not like a bar fight. No, it's like a intent to kill. Yeah, like, and then if you don't even remember it, like, you have, you need more than there's probation. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So his record would later be totally expunged in 2014 Whoa. due to some crazy whack ass law. Um, literally leaving no trace. That sounds trace. legal. Yeah. <laughs> literally <laughs> left no trace of his criminal activity, like his criminal past. So great. Awesome. In September of 2010, disappearances started happening in Toronto's mm. gay village. And to many, it actually felt like history was repeating itself. We're going to get into that here shortly because just 40 years earlier, the same thing had been happening along Toronto's gay strip, which was now known as the gay village. Oh no. I know. So it gets crazy. So over the span of seven years or over the span of, yeah, seven years, men connected in some shape or form to the Toronto's gay community would go missing. During that time, Bruce would be interviewed by police for assaulting a man that he had been hooking up with. But he managed to talk his way out of those charges. Well, his record was expunged anyway. So they're like, oh, it's your first time again. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. So majority of Bruce's victims actually knew him in some way, shape, or form. Some of them having sexual relationships with him spanning back to the fucking 90s. Yeah. That's crazy. He's like hiding in plain sight. Yeah. That's like probably a close-knit community. Obviously, he knows his victims, and they know that they've seen him with Bruce and like, yeah. But it's wild to me because usually serial killers don't pick like someone they they know like that well, especially, you know what I mean? That's close to them. That's usually like a crime of passion. It's weird that he didn't remember his first assault. So it's like, he well, I don't know if that was his first assault that we're going to get into okay. that. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But it is Claims weird that, yeah, yeah, I think he was just trying to get out of those charges. 
Um, some of those people had actually even worked for his landscaping business that he'd started. This is just so brazen. Oh, that's a thing. Like this is so, so brazen. brazen. Well, to be fair, okay, he's a white male that's picking on a lot of minorities in this. Okay, so I also gay community like a lot of and that's like, minority already. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, he really he when picked. they report crimes, same as like prostitutes. Like there's these communities that when they report crimes, it's not taken as seriously, or they exactly. like exactly yeah they're. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly what was going on. Um, so his landscaping business, though, at this point was booming. It was taking off, okay? And he soon needed a place to store his supplies. And he actually contacted this lady who had this huge property with, like, a storage shed that she didn't really use. And she was like, yeah, sure. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. He's like, yeah, sure. You can use, like, um, my my storage shed. She's like, my only request, she didn't want any payment or anything. She's like, can you just, like, mow my lawn? Because, like, I just... <laughs> Trades. Yeah. Well, she's super excited. She thinks she's made the deal of a lifetime because he's not only mowing her lawn, he's literally landscaping her lawn. Like, she's got these beautiful flowers now popping up, some potted plants, sure, things like expensive. that. Sure, it's expensive. It's a yeah. good trade for just, like, loaning out the shed. Yeah. So she's super excited about that. Um, Bruce's home though was raided in January, 2018 after he brought a man to his place. Now I couldn't find, honestly, Bruce was hard to find information on. And I will say there's been a lot of publication bans on his stuff because fucking Canada, like I, I am from Canada, so I feel like I can say that, but like, it really fucking bothers me that when there's horrible crimes like this, they usually put a publication ban on a lot of things, but I couldn't find why the police knew about him they like suspected him but they there was something that had tipped them off Mm -hmm. because when he had actually brought a young man to his house and when the man entered the house they were like okay we gotta go in we gotta save him because we're worried like he's gonna um you know end up hurt um when they arrived um into bruce's house the man was bound on bruce's bed now it's hard to know if that was like oh he probably was like we meant to this is consensual it is hard to know if it was like a kinker whether it was like you know i don't know and i don't know what the young man said either because maybe maybe it was like literally maybe they were just having sex or maybe it was about to kill him or maybe it was about to kill him i don't know um but when the police raided him they raided his home they actually found on his computer a lot of photos of his victims post-mortem Ew. yeah and no yeah and at one point they couldn't identify one of the victims <sighs> So they actually had to release like a part of the photo of his face to like try to see if they could identify this man. That's so sad and so horrifying. 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 So some of his victims' bodies would be found dismembered in planters on the property that he'd been storing his supplies on. What? Yeah. So that poor Oh my God, that lady. Yeah, the emotional distress that that would put me into of like he'd been hiding. Your home is your safe spot. What the fuck? This guy's like- burying his victims and you on your property your home as a favor to him yes horrible oh my God. he was 66 years old at the time of his arrest <gasps> what i know and he's believed to have killed at least eight people he would plead guilty to eight charges he'll be eligible for parole in 25 years although we've talked about canadian crimes before he's seen as a dangerous offender he most he's likely, not come, no gonna come out i don't but. think he's gonna live these 25 years many people have said he's probably not gonna make it that long mm-hmm. um however the community he was targeting the toronto lgbtq plus community has many more missing people not only that but the average serial killer is yes a white male but they're also usually in their 20s and 30s yes yeah, so he was fun. probably doing this for a long time as you said history repeated itself exactly. he just got caught this time so many wonder if bruce MacArthur was killing in the 70s you see a string of murders started happening in downtown toronto's gay strip now known as the gay village in the 1970s 
But at the time, there were tensions between the LGBTQ plus community and the police. Called it. Yeah, you did. They, it's just like underreported and uh, like, and just yeah. not taking seriously. They're like, oh, like, like even what we, even what we just discussed, we were like, maybe it was a kink. Maybe we were just tied up. Maybe it was consensual. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's he's a serial killer. To go back to Jeffrey Dahmer, that little boy. Do you remember that when he was, he wasn't caught that time. This little boy, he had brought up to his, like, place and was doing his, like, zombie lobotomy shit on him. And that poor boy, he escaped and was in an alley when these two older women saw him, called the police somehow. I don't know how they did it because this would have been, like, the 80s. So I don't know if they had a payphone or, like, what. Call for the police. Yeah, they got the police there. The police didn't take it seriously at all. Jeff had come down at that point. And he calmly explained to him that it was, like, actually, like, his lover. And it was just a squabble between lovers. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't want to get involved in the gay stuff, like according to them, uh-huh. you know. Like, and I'm like, "Are you fucking?" Because he was bleeding. Yeah, not like okay. that's disgusting. Like, how yep. can you be like that? Anyway, so that's kind of the same thing that was going on here. Um, of course, um, this is just a decade. Like the '70s is just a decade before the bathhouse raids would start to happen, which is a, a horrific event in Canadian history. Have you heard about? This I don't know at all? about this. Okay, let me let let me fill you in. So the police actually raided the gay community um, during an, like one night. Okay, the undercover officers wore red dots to show "quote unquote" who the straights are. Oh no! Like I just like. <laughs> I knew about this from criminology school because I went to school in Canada and I was like, wasn't this close to the bathhouse raids? And I have to, I had to like look it up and I was like, oh, I'm fucking mad. (laughs) Anyways. So keep in mind, homosexuality was decriminalized in Canada in 1969. So it's not a, it's not even that. Oh my God. It's wild that it took to 1969. Yeah, I was like, but I didn't even know it was a crime. I know. What? I know, but also it's like, okay, no one's even committing a crime. So um, these bathhouses were still raided anyways. 286 men were charged in one night for With being what? found in a broth- brothel. They were found in a brothel. 20 charged for running a brothel. No incidents of sex work were ever recovered from these I was like, events. is this even a brothel? I was no. like, isn't this just like the gay community, like where they gather for bars and like yeah. joining each other in community? Like, it's fucked up. And is the broth- brothel? Brothel. So it would lead to obviously a lot of protests in the Toronto area yeah. against police brutality. I like, I like, it's like, it's because history they just, just keep storming in there itself. with their red dots. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. Anyways. Sorry, such a side rant, but I feel like it's like important to talk about that because it just gives preference to like why they weren't being taken seriously. If they weren't oh, being taken yeah. seriously and like, you know, leading into the next decade, then obviously they're not going to be taken seriously in the 70s when people were going fucking missing. Missing. Yeah. And dead. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, the police were more um, concerned at that point in time with enforcing the law on that community, not protecting it. Like one guy even said in one of the interviews I watched at the Fifth Estate did, they were like, they were more concerned like if I jaywalked handing me a ticket over that than 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 finding these people that were getting they're turning a blind like, eye yeah of course yeah so bruce bruce MacArthur, just to bring it back to bruce he moved to oshawa in the 19 in 1973 um when he was 22 and got a job at eaton's in downtown toronto so he's there during mm-hmm. this time mm-hmm. um at the same time 14 gay men would be found brutally murdered in toronto many believe that this was bruce MacArthur's first killing spree I mean, I don't think there's probably a lot of other gay Santas running around. I no. mean, yeah, 
Um, so investigators have even it keeps taken, happening it until he goes away. Yeah. So probably. So investigators have even taken a second look at all of these cold ca- cold cases. I'm not sure what they've come up with yet, but sure. they, just since they've arrested Bruce, they've been like, "Wait, let's take this seriously for once." Uh huh. So that's good that it's finally being looking into because it's been since 2018. So it's this is like a recent case since you know he was arrested yeah. and everything. Times have changed. I'm glad they're taking a, a fresh look at yeah, it. Yeah, but it's also led many to wonder if he was killing in the 70s. What did he do in the 80s and 90s? Yeah. Yeah. There's he was two around. Other decades. Yeah. But serial killers don't just stop. Mm-mm. And he was getting away with it in plain sight, to be honest. So, like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he probably was doing more. Like, it's crazy. So that's, I mean. Worth that, another look. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth another look. So that's what I have on Bruce MacArthur, this crazy Santa a serial killer in Toronto. I had no idea. I know. That's insane. It is crazy. I am glad they're starting to tie it back to like the 1970s crimes though. Cause hopefully yeah. something will come. Well, I mean, answers. at least it like shakes those up a little bit to like give them like some fresh so light. Even like even if it's not, not him, him, they get, they're like, okay, we crossed him off the list. Like it opens it up a bit up a little bit definitely and i'm glad these crimes are being taken more seriously now too because it was so frustrating for me to read this and for me to also know i was like oh the bathhouse raids happened around this time like things like that where i was just like (laughs) this is so wrong um but yeah so that's like what i've got i definitely in the description i want to put um some resources for not only the domestic the national domestic hotline yeah um, violence hotline because we definitely talked about that today um, as well as suicide prevention, um, just to link it down below. Just know that like, if you're feeling awful this year, cause like we've gone through a lot in the uh-huh. last two years with quarantine, yep. COVID, everything else. It's like, a tough time. It is. People have lost people because yep. of these diseases yeah. as well. So like, it's not, you know, I, I just think it's like not outside the norm to like be feeling like lonely this season or, or anything like that. I talked about in the last episode, how this is probably like, the hardest time for me. So I'm sure other people have like issues as well with this time of year. Um, I also want to, I hadn't looked up anything yet for this episode, but I think just like for the gay community, maybe putting some resources down in case people are still feeling, because it does get better. Um, And um, you know, that way. So I came out this year to my family um, as bisexual. I feel like it's more, that's an easier term. I'm more pansexual. Like I love I, the person. Sure. Not the like body that they're in. I think a lot of it has to do with your family and like how your mm-hmm. upbringing was and like how easy that like coming out is going to be for you or not. For sure. For sure. And I just like, it's really, um, it's amazing to see like what this was only what 40 years ago and, and 30 years ago when you look at like when the bathhouse raids were. So like, honestly, we've come like a long way, especially since the early two thousands. Cause but, you know, so just definitely put some Doesn't resources mean it's easy. down there. It's not easy. Yep. No. I mean, God, I'm 30 years old and I just came out. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> it's fine. But anyways, that's, um, yeah, that's what I've got. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Crazy times. Yeah. That's insane. I'm yeah. still, like, wrapping my mind around how insane that was that he was, like, doing that. And, like, basically with the police turning a blind eye to it. Cause they, yeah, they were more focused on enforcing, mm-hmm. um, than like solving and like protecting. Yeah. Crazy. Ugh. Oh, so sad. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that it's finally like being looked at again. Sorry. I'm repeating myself now. The wine. <laughs> oh, the wine. Okay. Well, yeah. How'd you feel? Do you like it? 
I this wine's okay. Yeah, I mean, I keep drinking it. So same. I was like, I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, the stress of this episode. <laughs> a lot, lot going on. All right, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Huda Media Production. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.